You can't go changing the rules. That's Joe. That speaks mine. That's when you learn about people is when they're drunk. And then you realize who you're hired. And that's Eric. I was thinking about this earlier today, and I have to bring it up. And there are two guys with two mics and one off-the-rails sports podcast. Like, if you're older than 11 years old, unless you have body paint on or something, you're not warranted to go nuts on the jump. No, of course not. Kick back and relax, because you're in the wheelhouse. And here we go. Another episode of In the Wheelhouse with Eric and Joe on a rainy day in Southern California. I'm Eric. With me, always, my co-host, Joe Hill. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good, Eric. Uh, Just trying to stay as dry as I can. Uh, I went out this morning to get a bagel for breakfast and saw it was raining, didn't really know how to comprehend it, and went outside in flip-flops and shorts and a tank top and uh, got all wet. So I'm inside now and just trying to stay as dry as I can. Isn't it funny, dude, because I was in the kind of the same situation. I went out and got like coffee this morning, and I put on a pair of sandals and a sweatshirt. And I still, it's when it rain comes from the sky in Southern California, people aren't really adapt or equipped to, to deal with it. I don't own a pair of sweats. I, I just figured it's like the ocean, so I could wear sandals outside. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, the beach. God brought the beach to us. Yeah, it's like, oh, you don't have to be on the beach. Inland, you can experience the beach too. I'll bring it to you. But that's probably why I'm dealing with this cold that I've been fighting for the last three days. I feel like I have a plug in my nose right now um, because of the fact I wear sandals out when it's raining. <laughs> but it does. it feels so good, though, when you jump out of the car and your feet get a little bit wet. Feels like you're in like a tropical island somewhere. The problem with the rain though is I live in the valley, right? And I live at the bottom of the valley, so it floods like crazy. If it rains for like a prolonged amount of time, like my car today was in about six inches of water just because I'm at the bottom of the valley. Ooh. So if it rains for like five minutes, you're like houses underwater. Oh, dude, it sucks. It sucks. Oh, my it's God, awful. That's terrible. That's terrible. God. But. Enough about the weather. We're not meteorologists or anything like that. We are sports enthusiasts. So let's talk a little about sports. And off the top, hot off the press, just dropping on ESPN about five minutes ago, Johnny Manziel working out at USD, throwing for 13 NFL teams. Is Johnny football coming back to the NFL? I think okay. So here's the thing. I was on. I was one of the few, or not the few. I say the few, like, but I was one of the many that was on the Johnny Manziel will never play in the NFL again, right? Because I was. He's the party animal. I thought he couldn't get out of the downward spiral that he was in. I was like, he's the party animal. He loves the life. He loves the party life too much to to give it up, right? But he's done this whole kind of comeback season, re- revive his image, gone to rehab, done the whole. Um, Fix his image tour, you know, he's got done the media availability, did the interview, talked about how he's he's turned a new leaf, trying to fix his life. And this is the first hurdle of a lot of hurdles that it's going to take to get him back to the NFL. I know he's, he's actually under contract with a team in the CFL, but there is an out clause where if an NFL team signs him he can go play in the nfl but so this is the first hurdle if he still has it dude what what's going to keep him he he's obviously good enough to play in the nfl because he's already been there you know talent doesn't disappear yeah but when he was in the nfl he didn't do anything he, he absolutely did nothing did he win a game yeah he, maybe one yeah he's the he i'm pretty sure he was the last qb to win a game for the cleveland browns okay well so but so 
the talent's there, but I mean, it's just going to be, will a team, will it be willing to take out a flyer and deal with the Johnny, Man Johnny Manziel media storm? My question is, what happens to his contract that he had with the Cleveland Browns? Is it, is it just null and void? Did they they released him, right? Yeah, they released him. So okay. it's pretty much out the window, through the shredder, nothing, nothing going on with that anymore. So I'm looking at the teams right now that were at Johnny Manziel's workout. And to just go down the list, Cleveland Browns, New England Patriots, Chicago Bears, Chargers, New York Giants, Kansas City Chiefs, New York Jets, Oakland Raiders, Tennessee Titans, Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jaguars, Carolina Panthers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Out of all those teams, most of them are going to be needing a quarterback here pretty quickly. I mean, I don't think Tampa needs a quarterback. I don't think Carolina needs a quarterback. Jacksonville can use an upgrade. Detroit will probably need one in maybe seven years. Uh, Tennessee's okay. Oakland's okay. All teams, Jets, though, that need a serviceable backup. Yep. Jets need a quarterback. Chiefs could definitely use a backup quarterback and – well, he could compete with Mahomes probably. Uh, Giants will be looking to replace Eli pretty soon. Chargers will be looking to replace Phillip pretty soon. Bears, that's a wide open game for anybody. Trubisky, I mean. And then the Patriots are going to be looking to replace Tom Brady here in the next few years Could as well. Can you imagine Johnny Manziel going into the Patriots system? Oh, my goodness. What Can a, you imagine? What a That'd story be insane. that would be, dude. Him Bill Belichick would be... Bill Belichick flips Johnny Manziel and turns him into an elite QB, straight edge, perfect kid now. If if Bill Belichick wasn't already known as the greatest of all time, he would go down as the greatest if of all time no matter what. there was one coach that would be no doubt 100% be able to flip Johnny Manziel away from the party boy mentality into a career franchise QB, Bill Belichick, of course. It's all, it's too easy, too easy. A thirty for thirty. Bill Belichick turns Johnny Manziel into the next Tom Brady. Yeah, that that is definitely the making of a thirty for thirty. But this is one heck of a story, sports fans. We're going to be following it from now until we hear something else and it ends. But Johnny Manziel trying out for NFL teams once again, and the very first line of the story is very first line: Johnny Manziel has to show that he's a changed man. And I think that right there is the main factor of him making it back to the NFL. Yeah, definitely. Like, Because that's the thing. Teams are there to see if he can still throw the ball. He threw the ball. Like we said, he was a starter in the NFL. He was he won the Heisman. The talent's obviously there. It's going to be whether or not, hey, are you going to be a head case and flying to Vegas the day before a rehab assignment and not coming and showing up at the at the facilities the next morning? Or are you going to be a new man and put football first and put all the drinking and partying in the back burner? Yeah, absolutely. That is that is the big question. That is absolutely the big question. From the way just – there's one picture here. I, there, is a, there is a video here, and I've yet to watch it, and I will watch it here in the next uh, couple hours after we're done here. But there's a picture of him here. And just based on the picture, it looks like he's – it doesn't look like a party animal anymore. It looks like – you know like a party animal? Like their skin's kind of like pale. It looks like they've been dragged through the freaking swamp a few times. Like there was he, a, looks, he looks put together. There was some times when he was out down in like, you know, where he was the TMZ Johnny Menzel, we should, could name him. He looked out of shape. No, for sure. He had he and, had the party gut. He had the beer belly going on. So it's like if he if he's already showing up at these at this throwing availability in shape, that's the first like, okay, I'm taking this seriously. I'm not I wasn't out at the bar last night, you know? 
for sure. And it, just based on the story, it looks like he has been working out with a uh, with a throwing coach here in San Diego for a while now. And it looks like he's making an actual push to get back in the NFL. So, so do you think big story? Do you think he gets story. in there, or do you think he uh, falls short? Do you think he's on? The, uh, do you think he's on an NFL roster this season, or do you think he's on an NFL roster NFL roster later? My gut is telling me that he will be on an NFL roster this season, but not to begin the season. It's gonna take someone that like going down like a practice squad kind of thing or do you think he gets, no no no, when no, no. Someone i gets think hurt later someone gets hurt later and then he gets brought on to fill a spot and then he'll have to work his way back up to backup or starter i don't think he ever makes it back to a starting spot i think he becomes a a lifelong backup quarterback a la case keenum a la nick Foles, uh that type of role dude do you could you imagine the media S storm that's gonna come if Johnny Manziel gets signed to an NFL contract and Colin Kaepernick still isn't. Oh my goodness, it would be uh, a liberal nightmare, dude. It's good. Oh gosh, that's gonna be just light. Throw gasoline on the fire on the Ambers because for the most part, it's it's done. The story's gone. You know, he might come back but every now and then. A, a video like he a video came up of him throwing to wide receivers at a, some practice facility somewhere. It's like, yeah, he still has it, but then so it's like, oh, why isn't he in the NFL? But if Johnny Manziel were to get signed to an NFL contract and Colin Kaepernick is still unemployed. You wanna you wanna know what the biggest, biggest hit on Colin Kaepernick was that he why he's not still employed by an NFL team is Jimmy Garoppolo going into San Francisco and winning five games in a row when Colin Kaepernick couldn't do jack crap with San Francisco. That shows that shows the NFL that that team isn't wasn't just a, a bunk team, and Colin Kaepernick was on a bunk team like the Browns. That shows him that Colin Kaepernick was a unable quarterback to win on that team, and obviously John Jimmy Garoppolo could. I think that was a huge hit for Colin Kaepernick. Aside from all the other political stuff, I I just I really can't I can't go through another Colin Kaepernick media storm, dude. I'm so over that story. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely run its route and it should be done with by now. But then you you see all these videos of Colin Kaepernick out there with his fro, throwing to these receivers saying he deserves to be on a team. This and that's like shut up. You think it's hard to put a helmet on with an afro? Probably. Got to be I mean, tough, right? Probably I got to get a big helmet. Yeah. I don't want to go haircut. too far into that because we could probably say something and be very, and like get in trouble. So I'm just I'm just it's probably you got to wear at least two sizes bigger, right? I'm imagine so. I mean, I just got a haircut yesterday and my hats fit insanely better. Isn't that crazy? I love that a little feeling. haircut, a little like buzz it a little off the top, and then you put on your hat, it feels like a brand new hat. It really does. Head breathes a little bit better. <laughs> Aside from uh, Johnny Manziel and Colin Kaepernick and. The insane stories surrounding these quarterbacks. The biggest thing going on in sports right now, the madness, is the March Madness NCAA basketball tournament. And March Madness is an understatement for how this tournament is going. The first ever number one seed gets knocked, or the first time a number one seed has ever gotten knocked out in the first round happened. Uh, upset after upset, buzzer beaters here and there. Insane March Madness. Nine lower seated or higher seated. Would it be higher seated or lower seated? 
Lower seeded. Lower seeded, but with a higher number, well, I guess, whatever. Yeah. Nine lower, nine underdogs. We'll go nine underdogs. There you go. Upset favorites in the opening round this year. Yeah, absolutely crazy. A 16, it, it, UMBC over Virginia. Um, in the next round, Xavier was upset by Florida State, a number nine seed, a number one seed went down. It's, Ari- it's been Arizona. madness. Arizona lost in the first round, who a lot of people predicted to go to the finals, or at least the Elite Eight. You uh, predicted them to win the whole people thing. People can't see me right now, but I'm raising my hand. Yes, my bracket was busted on the Thursday, the first day of the tournament. If, you're, if your bracket isn't busted already, come talk to me, and I want you to pick out some lottery numbers for they me, have because to, like, you can predict the future. If their bracket isn't busted, they have to have taken like a Villanova, a Purdue... I have Villanova maybe, winning maybe it all. Maybe Michigan. I have Villanova winning it all, but I had them going up against North Carolina, and they got stomped on by Texas A&M. Absolutely stomped. Yeah, they got blown out. And that's the thing, too. A couple of these, North Carolina, blown out of the water. Arizona, blown out of the water. Virginia, the, the number blown one seed of the, of the tournament, the favorite to win the entire thing, blown out of the water by a number By 16. 20. By a 20 points, they got blown out by UMBC. Insane. Do you, do you know what UMBC insane. stands for? University of Maryland, Baltimore County. So, like, what is that, a junior college? <laughs> Baltimore <laughs> County? It looked like a bunch of junior college players yeah, the, playing the, out there. Too. The Retrievers. The back, UMBC back. Retrievers. What was their, what's their point guard's name? Uh, Moro? Mauer or oh, something dude, like that? I don't that? even know, man. He, he was he, tiny. He looks like a Hispanic version of... Uh, What's his what's the guy's name from um Oklahoma? Trey Young? Uh Trey Young. Trey yes. Young. Dude, talk another team that just was supposed to do something and they just got they were awful. Oklahoma, Trey Young. Ugh. Uh, and he's gonna go Trae to the Young NBA. Trey Young played good too. He's Trae gonna Young go to, was I think he's gonna good. get eaten alive in the NBA, dude. I don't think so. I think I think he's good. I think he's okay. Give him like two years. He's got ball handling skills, he's got shot, he's got he sees the court well. He's gonna do okay. He's a victim. His Oklahoma losing was a victim of him going for the hero ball that has taken over basketball late lately. Remember those two threes he took in overtime? Just awful, dude. I yeah, hate, they were, but hero. He, I mean, he actually he got them to overtime. Yeah, though. he did. He did. Yeah, he he took over the last like five minutes of the second half. But um, I don't know. He's just ah, I just don't. I've, I'm a big like body kind of build, and he just looks like he's gonna get beat up in the nba people, you know people said the same thing about steph curry i mean look how long it took steph curry to develop though like it's gonna if it take it's a couple gonna, years i know but i just it's that i feel like the steph curry development's like a one in a lifetime kind of thing it's gonna take it takes a lot of things to fall in line for steph curry to develop like that i feel and it's gonna take no, a lot I, for like trey young i hear you i definitely hear you um he he was a very He's definitely going to the NBA. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. He already declared yesterday that he's going. He's leaving. Yeah. But watching that game and seeing – you're right. In, in overtime, he kind of took that hero role and kind of imploded on him. But seeing him will himself to get Oklahoma to overtime in the first place, it was impressive. It was very impressive to watch him play. Yeah. In the second half, I was like – because I took Oklahoma to win that game. I was drinking the Kool-Aid. Um, who'd they play? Rhode Island. But um, I was – when he did take over in the second half, I was like, oh, crap. And then Rhode Island missed that that last-second shot, bounce, bounce, bounce on the rim yeah. to t- extend it to overtime. And at that point, I'm like, well, Oklahoma's going to lose because there's no way a team can witness that and then rebound from that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree with you. Uh, you wanted to touch on something, though, about the NCAA tournament that has definitely plagued um, Houston. Dude, okay, so yeah, there's... Let's talk about it. There is no bigger moment in sports than a college kid on the free throw line late in the NCAA tournament. Houston fell victim to it. All he had to do was make one free throw in order to put them up by three and take the win off the table. Instead, he he clanks to Michigan, grabs the ball, runs down the court, throws up a Hail Mary, corner three, or not even cor- not a corner, but a, a, a three, and wins deep the game. Three a deep three. There was three seconds left on the clock. So what, two passes down the court, throws up the three, wins the game. He just needed one free throw to take the win off the table for Michigan. One freshman free throw. did it too. That was a freshman. A that freshman, did it too. and it's happened all. It's happened throughout the entire course of the tournament, and it happened years before that. Years before that, kids on the free throw line late in college basketball games is the most dramatic moment in sports, dude. Because you could just tell, and then that's why the whenever is it, you watch is that it, is that more dramatic or a kicker lining up to kick a game-winning field goal in the playoffs? Because that's dramatic as well. Those are both like gut wrenching times where where it's like points right in front of a player, points right in front of them, and they just have to do what they've been doing all season. I'm gonna go free throws. I'm going free throws because it's a clo- it's closer, and they're kids. So there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot more of like variables. Like the, uh-huh. I think the fact that they're just college kids takes it to a whole other level. Like they're they haven't been doing it for years. They're not a professional. Um, okay, what what about college kickers? <laughs> college <laughs> college kickers. Yeah, I mean we saw the uh, we saw was it Georgia? Um, who did Georgia play? Georgia Oklahoma was decided because of a a, a missed field goal in overtime, wasn't it? Oh, what about that game of uh, Alabama Auburn? What four years ago when? Oh, the Iron Bowl. Auburn's going to win the football game. The kick six. Oh my God, is amazing. I love that call. Every time I see that come up on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, I'll watch it like four or five times. I I was at Dick's Sporting Goods watching it with a a group of people, and when that happened, every single person in that store was going nuts. No one likes to see Alabama win. Nobody does, except people that live in Alabama. And even that, there's plenty of Auburn fans in Alabama that hate Alabama. So <laughs> that's true. That's um, true. But no, I, I do. I, lo- I love it. I love the drama of a college kid on the free throw line late, man. Like, cause that's the thing in the NBA, the whole hack a shack strategy. You know, where you know you start ha- you giving people fouls in hopes so they miss foul- uh, free throws in order mm-hmm. to you know slowly chip away at the lead in a f- couple minutes. In the NBA, for the most part, you're gonna make a, you're they're gonna make their free throws. Yeah, but in college, dude, they could clank too, and it, the, the strategy can completely work. As we saw, what happened in Houston, Michigan, and in several other games in the first couple rounds of the tournament this year. Yeah, I actually think uh, it's happened when uh, in one of the little Loyola wins as well. I think one of the players missed a free free throw, a very important free throw, in late in the game, and Chicago Loyola Chicago went and hit a game winning shot. Loyola Chicago's hit two. Well, their first game was the buzzer beater. Their second game, they made that clutch shot with like a second left. They're an 11 seed. An 11 seed. 
they're in the Sweet 16 because of two basically buzzer beaters. Yeah, the 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 Mar- March Madness NCAA tournament dude just doesn't make sense to me. Like the, every year, there's never a down year. There's never a year where it's like, okay, this you know, it's quiet. It's it's every year. That's why they call it the madness. There's upsets. No other playoffs has this much drama. I feel there isn't absolutely none. And before we get into our next segment, I know we're going there. I know we're kind of transitioning. One team I want to talk about and give a kind of a quick shout out to that's still in the tournament is Nevada. Holy cow! They were down to Cincinnati by 22 in the second half by 22, and came back. To, to win dr- dramatic fashion against Cincinnati, and they're going up against Chicago Loyola. That right there is kind of like the, like kind of under the radar Cinderella story teams right there. Guess who had um, Cincinnati winning that game and going to the Elite Eight? For you those did. who can't see me again, me raising my hand, my dude. Honestly, this year my bracket, I had, I had Cincinnati going to the Elite Eight. My too. bracket, dude, has been effed. Yeah, it's... I haven't seen this much red on a piece of paper since I took like algebra class. <laughs> like, dude, it's so bad. I've gotten every day. I'm just like, and it's not even just where you cross out one team. It's like team next round, next round, next round. Jeez, man, I've it taken is... so many hits. One one half of my bracket, it's like all red, and then the other half of my bracket, it's like all green. Because on two of my brackets, I've gotten almost every pick right, and on the other half of my bracket, I've gotten almost everything wrong it's crazy (sighs) like right now tonight's game there's four games tonight here's the seeds an 11 versus a 7 this is the sweet 16 this isn't the opening round an 11 versus 7 a 7 versus 3 a 9 versus a 5 and a 9 versus a 4 no ones no twos insane is this is, is this your favorite form of we're transition <laughs> is this kind of your is this your favorite form of playoffs oh this is my sport? this yeah this is probably by far my favorite playoff format i mean because the format's pretty much the same the seating kind of aspect of it but march madness by far my favorite my favorite sports playoffs without a doubt because it, it's i love the fact that it starts on every for the first what two weeks at least it starts on thursday runs through sunday Right, the opening round, dude. I've wa- I've watched college basketball four days in a row from nine a.m. to ten thirty p.m. every day. You and me both, and I hardly ever watch college basketball during the year. Hardly ever, and I watch college basketball four days straight all day. And they figure they college basketball has figured out to a way to make it the most like digestible for all of their fans. They have the game staggered. So you one game ends, you flip a channel to get to the next game. And then that game's it's, in, you flip a channel and you catch the last 10 minutes or so of every game. Every yep. game's televised. It's perfect. It's the way they have it set up is perfect. Absolutely perfect. The only one thing that I don't like about the NCAA tournament is the fact that they're those playing games, those last four playing games that all those aren't for the last 16 seed. I wish those were, because there's there's an 11 seed. I think there's two 11 seeds and two 16 seeds. Yeah, UCLA those, ended up going in as an 11. Um, who, and then with who else St. Bonaventure. Yeah, and then they, UMBC, they played did UMBC get in as a first four? I don't think so. No, because no, they, they didn't. They no, didn't. because they won their division. 
it's all right. at, it's all at um at large bubble teams. teams. Yeah, yeah, bubble, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, it's it's weird. That is weird how it's you can play into the tournament and go in as like a middle of the pack team, kind of right. It, definitely it's, weird. It's because all those uh, guaranteed bids for all those kind of like lower tier like divisions. Yeah, yeah. they're guaranteed a spot, but are they necessarily better than one of these bubble teams who didn't win their division type of thing? Yeah, I don't like that. I think all those four last playing should be 16 seeds just because they're fighting to get in. You know, that's the last spot. That's really the only thing I don't like about the NCAA tournament. Other than that, the drama, the upsets, the blowouts, the close games, I love NCAA March Madness. Yeah, March Madness, by far better than the NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs in the first couple rounds, you have blowouts, you have teams getting swept, I could care less about the first couple rounds of the NBA playoffs. The first day of NCAA March Madness, I'm locked in because of the fact that there could be a buzzer beater. Um, two years ago, Michigan State got upset by Middle Tennessee. This year, number one seed goes down. Every year, there's a team. Um, was it uh, Lehigh beat Duke a few years back? Every year, there's some big heavyweight team going down. NBA, not heard of. NHL, there's a little bit of drama in the opening rounds. NFL, the wild card games can be just as dramatic. But NCAA March Madness has it down to a T. Absolutely. And it being one and done the whole time, it being so many rounds, it being so many teams that you wouldn't see go up against each other in the regular season, NCAA, don't change a thing. But going to the four major sports in professional sports in the United States, soccer or not soccer, baseball, football, basketball, hockey. If we're to rank those four, basketball is my last. Basketball is my number four. Just because, like you said, the first few rounds, they don't mean anything. There's no there's, there's no drama. There's nothing. I'm barely I'm not, checked in until the finals. Me too. And even even the, the conference finals, I'm not even watching that much. It's the finals, and that's pretty much it. Um, NFL, I do like the fact that NFL is one and done. And that puts a lot of drama on one game, which is – which I like a lot. That's it's huge to me. A lot of pressure, a lot of pressure, little rooms for mistake. Seven game series, you know, you have a window, you can rebound the next game. One and done brings a whole nother level to any kind of playoff format. Right. NHL is just there's there's really nothing like the NHL playoffs just because there's so much intensity from the start, from the first puck drop to the final Stanley Cup whistle. There's so much drama in the NHL, so much intensity. I love NHL playoffs. Baseball, you know I love baseball. It starts off good and then it kind of drops down and picks right back up really fast. With the wild card games, kind of the same thing. One and done. A lot of pressure on those games. Very little room for error. Every single pitch is watched. Every single pitch is taken seriously. And then it kind of drops down for the division series because it's a five-game series. Some upsets, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm watching them. I'm watching every single second of it. But definitely not as exciting as an NH or an NFL playoff game uh, or NFL wild card game. Excuse me. Uh, but then it picks up for the for the championship series and the World Series. Those are incredibly intense. Every single pitch is watched. Every single mistake is uh, exaggerated and uh, overblown. Um, so if we're to rank the four, NBA is number four for me. I'd say NFL 2 or 3, Baseball 2, and NHL 1. Yeah, I'm probably go- I'm pretty similar. I'm going NBA 4, 
MLB, NFL, probably a 2-3 flop, 2A, 2B, and then 1 Dude, there's not. And the only thing that I can think of that rivals March Madness, the craziness of it, is overtime of an NHL hockey game in the playoffs. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, dude. Absolutely. I was watching a high, I was watching a play of the of a Blues beating the Kings uh, a couple years back in a 1-0 overtime game. A 1-0 overtime game. And I watched they beat they quick misplayed a puck, wrap around goal, and you could just hear it, dude. You could feel it coming through the computer. Like there's a different level of celebration and intensity of an overtime winning goal in the playoffs, dude. And yeah. The fact that one slip mishap next shot could win the game could send your team to the next round could eliminate a team there that's the only thing that i could think of that gets close to rivaling the craziness of a march madness like uh, the buzzer beaters last year or the last couple of years north carolina winning and villanova winning like that's the only thing i can think of that gets close enough a rush down the court last second three to win the game to win the national title the only thing that i think gets even close to rivalry rivaling Rivaling. Rivaling. Is that even a word? Yeah, rivaling. Rivaling a overtime game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. See, I put I put NHL overtime in the playoffs above that because what the what NBA, what uh NCAA overtimes, what they don't have that the NHL has is sudden death. It's one goal in overtime. And it being sudden death that it ends the game right then and there. That's what gets me. And the thing is, too, dude, is I, that's this is a lot of things. Well, like a lot of people that I talk to that like hockey, that come over to hockey from other sports, is the the flow of hockey. You could be playing in the overtime for five, six minutes without a whistle, dude, and you're just sitting there like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Like you feel agey, like you're aging as this game is going on. Like you're so stressed out because what? Like when was the last time you could even get up and go get a beer or even just get up and take a breath because yeah. There's no whistle. If there's no whistle, there's no chance for you to even just comprehend what's going on. Basketball, there's whistles, you know, sub in, sub out. But for hockey, you could be sitting locked in on a game for five, six minutes at a time without even being able to take a breath. And not even realizing how much time went by in the first place. You you look up, you're like, oh, it's been like a minute. And it's been 11 minutes. And then, like, you, and then dude, let alone when you get to like two three overtimes in the playoffs god right. hell no heart attack sent heart attack city dude i oof. i'll tell you how stressed out i get on this lot la- the last time the kings won the stanley cup and alec martinez scored that game-winning goal yeah i, the Rangers. I got up, yeah i got up so king's playoff hockey i don't know why it's like the one the one playoff where i'm like screaming like they score a goal i'm like yelling at the top of my lungs i don't do that for baseball I don't do that for football. I don't do that for pretty much any other sport. I mean, I cheer, but I'm not screaming at the top of my lungs. When Alec Martinez scored that goal, I jumped up and I screamed, 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 screamed so loud and for so long that I fainted and fell onto the couch at my house and like woke up like a second later. I was like, (laughs) I fainted. (laughs) Like I fainted. We have the cup. And then you faint again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just kind of this whole – you feel the pressure that these players are under. You feel it on your shoulders. Like You're like, oh, no, 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 no. You're stressing out just as much as the players are. And there's no other playoff system or sport that has that, that weight on you. Could and you- I, think it ha- I think it's because of that sudden death aspect. 
Yeah, the next one shot can change it, and that's the thing, dude. A dump in on net from the red line, right? Like Quick has gotten beat. Martin Brodeur has gotten beat from pucks on the other side of the red line. I know. Like anything could could totally swing the momentum of an entire playoff series. And NHL hockey, dude. Overtime playoffs, NHL hockey. There's very little, and like the March Madness, NHL hockey playoffs, neck and neck for the best in the sports. For sure. All right. So since we're talking about playoffs, we're talking about playoff formats, we're talking about NCAA tournament, NBA playoffs coming up, NHL playoffs coming up. I want you to give, I want both of us to give our top three favorite playoff moments, all sports, but it can't be like a, uh, oh, I'm glad the Kings won the Stanley Cup. Like that's like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's got to be three singular plays that were just like, oh my God. Okay, first thing that comes to my mind, outside of the Kings winning the two cups, obviously. But it could be a play within those. Yeah. those. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, here's my thing. Here's here's my one. Here's my first one. Brian Campbell destroying RJ Umberger oh. back in, what was it like? <laughs> it was like 07, right? 07, 08 playoffs, Sabres, yeah. Philadelphia Flyers. Murdered him. I, pretty, I remember that happening. And me and my little brother texting you and your brother, like, pretty much immediately were like, oh, my God, did you just see that hit? Oh, my this God. This was back when NBC Sports Network was like, was it Versus or OLN or something? It was like Versus. Way back. But yeah. And, this, and they, the Sabres still had the black and red and gray jerseys. Yeah. And Umberger came up and got a buddy pass, and Brian Campbell destroyed him. Yeah, and the call was like, this is like, Campbell! Just destroyed Umberger. Yep, exactly to a T. And then they zoom in on Umberger, and he has this like gaze look through the ceiling, and you see him come back to life. Like, <gasps> yeah, it's like watching like a UFC fighter get knocked out, like oh my out gosh. cold. It was amazing. So one, one of the, the one of the biggest hits I've ever witnessed live, or not yeah. like in person, but like actually watching the game. My gosh, I get Insane, chills right? thinking about it. Yeah, me too. It's that was crazy. One play that just comes to mind right now, and it's not necessarily my favorite. I think it's like one of the most intense, like, like crazy, like, oh my god, is when Cleveland played the Cubs in the World Series. It was that's two years ago, right? Or was it last year? I think it was last. Was it last? The Cubs won the World Series last year or two no, years ago? Two years ago. Two, who won the World Series last? Oh, yeah. Come on, Dodgers man. Dodgers were in the World Series. Yeah, yeah he says, <laughs> yeah, don't worry, man. I blocked it out too. I, I don't remember it either. <laughs> so when the Cubs, <laughs> when the Cubs won the World Series, and it came, it was the bottom of the ninth. No, it was bottom of the eighth. Excuse me. And they Cubs had already brought in Araldis Chapman, and Rajai Davis comes in to pinch hit, and goes oh. down 0-2 quick, works the count, and then hits that game tying home run. Over the over the wall at Jacobs Field, absolutely insane. Fans were going crazy. Probably one of the biggest home runs in playoff history. Even though Cleveland didn't end up winning World Series, See how that was such BS, man. Rajay Davis went from being the hero, and then God had to intervene and say the Cubs are going to win the World Series. That rain delay, dude, saved the Cubs. Yo, absolutely, hundred percent. The hundred percent. All of the momentum was on Cleveland's side after that. And then the stupid rain delay, just enough. And then, of course, uh, what's uh, uh, I can't remember what's the catcher's name, the old guy. Oh, uh, David Ross. David Ross, and then yeah, and then of course after they win, it comes out. David Ross brought everybody in and brought him down, and so did uh, uh, 
what was the other the old older guy uh, outfielder didn't really do much. Traded for Jason, him, Jason Hayward. Jason Hayward. He's the guy in the group project that didn't do anything and then still got the A plus because he was part of the project. He did or nothing he, in the playoffs for no, him. No, he, he's the one that comes brings them all together, like right before they go on stage or right before they present. They're like, all right, guys, we got this. We went over our notes, and they're everyone's looking at me like, you didn't do a da- you didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> Were you even at any of our meetings? What the hell? But yeah, of course, Ross <laughs> and Jason Hayward brought the team together. This is our time. Dude, without that rain delay, the Cubs are still the lovable losers. I agree. 100% Gosh. agree. With but that, that's my number three right that now. That was a huge moment. Thing. I remember watching that too. Um, Another one of my favorite playoff moments. Kike, three home run game to put the the Dodgers in the World Series last year. Yeah, I know. That was that huge. Was that was huge. Honestly, dude, I remember being at work. Because going to that game, it's like, dude, we're so close. And by the third home run, I'm just like, this is totally total euphoria. Like, what the hell is even happening? And of all the players, not Jock, I mean, not Bellinger, not Corey, not Turner, Kike, Enrique Hernandez, the one hit three home runs and pushed the Dodgers into the World Series. Insane. Yeah. There's up until a few years ago, that three home run game in the playoffs was kind of a uh, a very rare thing. And over like what the last like three or four years, like three or four people have done. It. I think last year playoffs. Both Jose Jose Altuve did it, Kike did it, and I think that was it. But before that, yeah, I know said Bel- there's only been ten players to do it. Yeah, and nine of those has happened in like the last like five years. Jose Altuve, Kike did it. Albert Pujols did it in Texas. Beltre did it that same exact series. Pablo Sandoval did it a couple years ago. Pablo like, Sandoval. <laughs> they, they're happening like now. Yeah. <laughs> like. Like those, like these numbers aren't like from like 1970s and 50s and 20s. Like they're happening now. But yeah, that was probably the surprise of the MLB playoffs was when Kike did that. Was when he hit his three home run game. Insane. Okay, what's your next one? I'm trying to think of my next one, and I'm debating between two. But the one that I'm gonna say right now is two playoffs ago in the NFL. Rodgers scrambles out of the pocket against the Cowboys. And rips out the hearts of Cowboys. Boom! So the tight end Rodgers and destroys the Cowboys season. And not only because I'm a Packers fan, because I hate the Cowboys so much. It was so awesome to see that. How, how How do the Cowboys let him out of the pocket in that situation? Let alone, how do they let the tight end to be wide open like that? And then, how does the tight end tightrope walk the sideline? And then Mason Crosby comes out and boom! Do you think Aaron Rodgers wakes up every day and thinks, how am I going to rip out the heart of Cowboys and the Cowboys Nation every morning? I hope so. He's done. He's, <laughs> he's beat the Cowboys several times, like just in, in heartbreak fashion. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Like you, you would be the same way if like, Tyrod Taylor would be doing that to the Patriots. Hey, let's not get let's not get too crazy, all right? <laughs> so that's my number two. That's my um, number two. Oh man, there's, there's so many. Okay, one another one of like my big moments that I always go back to, like just Dustin Brown leveling Henrik Sedin against the Vancouver Canucks in the was it the opening round of the 2012 playoffs. Mm-hmm. Total tide changer, momentum changer. And I just remember Sedin just crawl, basically crawling to the bench because he got hit right in front of their bench, 
demoralize them, and then that was, and then the Kings go on this insane Cinderella run, open like every series three and zero, road team eight seed, first Stanley Cup victory. But that one of the that was one of the marquee moments of that playoff run was Dustin Brown annihilating Sedin on those sideboards, just destroying him. I feel like that was like the momentum starter. Like Kings aren't there to mess around, and Dustin Brown being the captain at the time led them to their first Stanley that Cup. That one, that with hit, there was physicality. a couple. There was a couple. There was an overtime win in that series where, uh, was it Justin Williams picked up the puck in the slot and just picked a corner from about mm-hmm. the, the top of the circles. There was a couple big moments. Oh, I'm actually, my, oh, I just, I was, I Googled it right now when I was talking. Um, but yeah, no, there was a couple big moments, but that first series against the Canucks, dude, and we'd gotten eliminated by the Canucks, I think the year before that in about five games. Maybe the, in twenty no twenty ten we got eliminated by the Sharks and I think the year before that we got or after that we got eliminated by the Canucks so that was a huge yeah, win but for it, us embarrassing by the Canucks too it was yeah. like it was like we they went up three zero and then we won game four and then they smoked us in game five yeah so but yeah that was that's another one of my big moments both two of my three are just huge hits shows what kind of person I am okay so my last one all right I'm gonna ask you a question and you need to clear you need to say if this is allowed or not. Okay. Does the World Baseball Classic count? I mean, it yeah, was it's, a, it's it playoff. was the semifinals. Yeah, it's a playoff. It's part of a playoff format of a pro, a professional sports team. I mean, I'm not. No, Joe. No. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm yeah, gonna say of course it, it counts. Yeah, of course. My number one, my number one all-time playoff moment. Was in the semifinals of this 2017 just hap- just anniversary just classic, a couple days ago just a few days ago Adam Jones robbing the home run from Manny Machado by far my favorite catch of all time more than any Mike Trout catch more than any Jim Edmonds catch more than any catch period that Adam Jones catch ranks number one for me all time any catch any playoff moment it. I went insane, absolutely insane. Watching world, the, watching the USA team finally win the World Baseball Classic, and that being kind of like the catalyst that got them there, because that saved. That was a huge part of the game. Dominican Republic was getting the momentum. That would have made it a four-three game. They were on USA was on the ropes, and Adam Jones pretty much saved their ass, and. When the USA rose that trophy, I was like, "Finally, finally, finally!" USA has sits on top of the baseball world. How it was? How great it, is amazing. it? How great is it that it was against Manny Machado to a teammate, his teammate of his? Like, it was awesome, dude. Uh, you think so? I I don't know if they man, they might have crossed paths after the game, like in in the in the dugout or like back in the clubhouse area, or whatever. But you know, like they have to have talked about it, like during spring training or something. Like there's like, oh, I'm, I'm sure Adam Jones still gives him like, like ish about it. Like, Manny, you know I'm gonna rob your stuff, right? Like, you know I got you. Like, he's hey, all Manny, over. D- don't test me. I'll go up. You, you already know I can do it. Yeah, right. That I mean, is that does that rank for you up there at the top? Like of the catches, that for sure is my number oh, yeah. one. Yeah, for catches definitely. See, for catches. I mean, I've not, I haven't been in, as deeply delved into baseball as you have, as like you know, as long. But for catching, I was in attendance when Paul Leduca caught slid into the dugout 
against the, I think it was the Giants. Oh yeah, I, I caught that. The, I was at the Dodger game, at the game when that happened. Me and my brother along the first base line, so we saw that live, pretty close to it, and I, that will forever probably be my top catch, just because I was there. Yeah, I remember the night of Adam Jones' catch too. I was texting you and your brother. I was like, "Let's go to this game. Like, let's drive down to San Diego right now and go." It was a bummer that I couldn't make it, and you made it to the finals. and didn't even call yeah, me. Yeah, I went to the finals. Sorry, man. Didn't call me. I let you down. I'm sorry. I know. You did. We could have done a podcast from the stadium. Coming to you live from the right field pavilion. Oh, my God. Somebody's drunk and vomiting all over <laughs> another person. There's uh, who, who do they play? Who do they play? Costa Rica in the final? No, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Wrong yeah. Rico. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of a different country too. Puerto Rico is a uh, territory of the Dude, United I'm States. Dude, I'm so bad when it comes to like naming like baseball powerhouse countries. Like, this is gonna sound bad, but like Latin American countries, Dominican. What is it? So Dominican. Oh, Puerto there's Rican. a few. There's Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Venezuela's up there. Um, let's see. Yeah. Where's a? Uh, where's a? Uh, uh, Jonathan Scoop from Scoop. Curacao. Curacao, okay. But, I, but I always that, like that one. A, that's a territory of the Netherlands, though. Me and my buddy always have a... Uh, <laughs> we ever watch the Little League World Series, there's always a team from that represents that area. Yeah. And they're like, my name is... And my favorite player is Jonathan Scoop. Because <laughs> he's the only MLB player from it. Well, Angelson Simmons is from there, too. And so is Jerickson Profar. They all play like on that team. Well, there you see, there's my baseball knowledge. <laughs> what else is going on in sports? I know there's something you want to talk about. Oh, uh, how we reverse jinx the San Antonio Spurs. We sure did. We we were on last week and pretty much wrote their eulogy, engraved their headstone, wrote them off, said, hey, good luck in the offseason. You're not making the NBA playoffs this year. And since, they have rattled off five victories. Or not maybe not since, but they haven't lost a game since we've said, hey, you're not winning any games, basically. Yeah, what Eric's talking about, Spurs fans, if you listened last week, the Spurs were sitting in ninth ninth place when we recorded. And we looked at their schedule, and it was pretty much a murderer's row schedule. It still is a murderer's row schedule. We wrote them off. We gave them no chance of making the NBA playoffs. Like Eric said, since then, they haven't lost the game. Since then, they, they have beat the Pelicans, beat the Timberwolves, beat the Warriors, beat the Wizards. Crazy run right now. And... There was just reports that they had a team meeting begging for Kawhi Leonard to come back. And if Kawhi Leonard comes back and plays the way he knows how to play on a team that's already running with momentum, Spurs are a team not to be messed with. I just don't get what's going on with this Kawhi Leonard thing, man. Like, it's... I really don't either. I don't know what to make of it. They're pretty much like they said that they they had a players only meeting imploring him to come back, like begging him to come back basically. And he, there's been reports saying that hey, you could cut he's they they say that he's good to go. 4 on 4, 3 on 3 drills, he looks fine. He's doing plenty of uh weighted workouts where he can perform. Kawhi has apparently been going looking outside of the team doctors for opinions, which is insane because the Spurs have been this robot, almost the Patriots of the NBA, a well-oiled machine. Pop Belichick, it's it's kind of just been to see something like this in the Spurs organization is just so weird. 
Yeah, you're. I mean, you're right. It's absolutely weird. I don't really know what the situation is with Kawhi. Still, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Derrick Rose situation when he was up in with uh, New York, and he was like, uh, or was it, I don't know if he yeah, was he, in New York. Or uh, when he was in New York, he peace he peaced out. He left. Right. Like yeah. He, he went AWOL a couple times, and even when he was with Chicago too, and he was like, uh, I know we're in this playoff race, but I got to look for the rest of my career and make sure I'm okay. Like, so I'm going to sit out. Like, I think basketball players nowadays, not all of them, but a lot of them are pansies. I think they're pansies. And they don't know how to get out there. Some of them, not all of them, some of them. And they don't know how to play through injuries. They don't know how to have just that willpower to go out there and win. That competitive aspect, that diehard Kobe characteristic that LeBron trait is not in a lot of these top-notch players I mean you name the top players out there Michael Jordan LeBron Kobe they all had this killer instinct in them that no matter what they had they were out there on the court they're playing they're gonna win the ball game but there's so many other superstars out there that have this pansies trait in them this pansy characteristic where a stub toe and they're out for nine weeks and I think that's where Kawhi's at Either yep. that, either that, or he just doesn't like the Spurs, and he does not want to be there. One of the two is going on. It's weird, dude, because you bring that up. Because we looked his contract; he's he has a whole another year and a player option after next season. So it's not like he's he's just fed up and he wants to get out and he's just going to let the season play out, take a player option, and leave next year. Like he's under contract, has to be in San Antonio for a whole another year. So, it's, so what's the deal then? Is he just is he just scared to play on his what is it his knee? It's a it's a tendon in his ankle, I believe. Ankle, yeah. So is it his ankle that he's worried about? Is but it the 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 coaches have come out and said they he looks fine in four on four and three on three drills. I read a report said he's been doing weighted weighted jumps, twenty five pound medicine ball, jumping as high as he can and turning in the air, doing just fine. And he's going outside for outside doctors' opinions to say, then saying, oh, you know, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready. Or here's something else to think about. Has he been paid off? Dun dun dun. Seriously though, this him him faking an injury or saying that he's getting second opinions, it's a good way to cover up the fact that he got paid off. Could you imagine that would be some scandal, dude? I don't know. I mean I'm not saying it happened. Or is happening, but it's just definitely something to think about. There's it, if for something like this to just basically be like, I'm just not gonna play, and wa- to have your teams, your teammates, the people you sweat with, begging you to come back, a team that you've played on before, like you've had success on, like you've been named like the top five players in the league before with this team, in order to you just to stop. Yeah, like, got, of, the, I mean, that's a, a thought like that, a thought of you being paid off. It doesn't seem as crazy because it's this whole idea is crazy. And it's what's even more crazy is the fact that every day it seems like the story is just like on this pendulum where he's coming back. Oh, this week he's not coming back. This week the team's begging for him to come back. Like, where is the story going? And that's why it's that's what makes it so weird to me. And that's why I think stuff like him being paid off is definitely not out of the question. It's definitely a weird situation, dude. I don't get it. Um, 
I haven't hey, seen anything like this in, in any sport. Yeah, it's weird. But hey, we reverse cursed the Spurs, so they may never lose again. They might not. They may not lose again because since last week when we talked about the standings, the thing the, the race is only tightened. Um, you got three games, four games separating fourth place and ninth place in the West in the NBA. And with about thirteen to go, twelve. With to go. about thirteen to go, Oklahoma City in fourth place. Portland in third with forty four wins is only five games above Denver with thirty nine. That's crazy. That's coming. It's coming down to the wire. Lakers are pretty much done. They're they can pretty much write their season off. I think they're eight and a half back now. Yeah, Lakers got thirty one. I mean, a Pelicans. They play the Pelicans tonight. A Pelicans law a win could probably eliminate them mathematically. But um, it's going to be a wild finish, a sprint to the finish, a photo finish. Probably NBA probably will come down to that very last day of the regular season to see who gets in, who gets out. At least for seeding, also like we might not know who's playing who until the very last game of the night. Yeah, that's what that's what divisional kind of playoffs like mean like how it's a western conference playoff how all the teams are kind of mixed together to develop a, a playoff seating and everyone playing each other that's what makes it so so exciting though is to see what's going to happen on the very last day of the season and it's important because obviously you know there four games separate third and eighth place and obviously, you don't want to be eighth because or seventh because you don't want a first round matchup against the Rockets or the, or the Warriors. Yeah, you pretty so much get your season over already. Yeah, so they're they're gonna want to be playing balls to the wall until the final, the very last basket, the very last buzzer of the regular season because you don't want to get that first round matchup against James Harden or Steph Curry. Yep, yep. It's it's intense right now. It's very intense, and you can say the same thing for the NHL as well. It's coming down to the final games. I think Kings have like nine games left, eight games left. They're one point out of third place in the Pacific Division, find themselves in the final wild card spot. And again, all those teams are playing each other. So one win, one point is so important right yeah, now. Every day, every day they flip flop. They 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 open the day in the third pl- in the third spot in the Pacific, and then they end up in the wild card or end up outside because of, you know, the Sharks winning. But the Sharks have hit a roll. I think they're on like a five-game winning streak. Yeah, five-game winning streak. It's it, Teams are getting hot. The, there's definitely no room for a slip-up in any any league right now, the NHL or the NBA in the Western Conference. The funny thing about the NHL, I just saw this earlier, or yesterday actually, the Dallas Stars are only a few points out of the wild card race, right? They are three points out of the wild card, and they are on a six-game losing streak. They wow. they they could have easily been in in the wild card in the central division race to get into like the one of the top three spots. They've lost six in a row, dude. Talk about the wheels falling off at the worst moment possible. Yeah, that's true. That's that's terrible. Six you know, game losing streak. You know what I like about the NHL playoffs is there's always new teams in the playoffs. Like besides the Pacific, who's kind of. I mean, well, the Golden Knights, obviously, they're yeah. a new team. The but Pacific's besides- like the old guard, dude. The old guys in the West Coast. You got like this Joe Thornton, Pavelski, Kopitar, Corey Perry, you right. know, the, the, the King, pre- California they, Coast. Yeah, they pretty much lock down a playoff spot pretty much every year. Um, obviously, the Golden Knights are new, but new teams in the playoffs this year. The Avalanche are in there, which is cool to see. Did Winnipeg make it last year, or are they new into the playoffs this year? Winnipeg made it last year, but they got swept in the first round, I believe, by the Ducks. Okay, so they're they're not new, but they're a newer team that you but don't a see newer in the team, playoffs. and they're they're running, they're taking making a run at the division, dude. They're right, they're good. They're only eight points behind Nashville. 
They're only eight points behind Nashville. Other teams that are like new to the playoffs, Florida's up there for a playoff spot. They're battling for a spot. Uh, Jersey Toronto, was awful last year. A bottom tier team, like yeah. bottom five in the league. They're in a wild card spot. They're in a wild card spot. Toronto's going to make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs last year, did they? Uh, they did, but they lost in the first round. I think to the Penguins, maybe. I don't but, know, but but they but they've been god awful for a oh, long yeah. time. Yeah, last year was the first year they've been good in a long time. Like teams like uh like Red Wings, they're not going to make playoffs. They, they've been awful these last Red couple Wings, years. Montreal gone. The Rangers, they were in the Stanley Cup two years ago or a couple years ago. And gone. They're not even, done. Done. Islanders made the playoffs Chicago, last year. Chicago mathematically Out. eliminated with three weeks left of the season. Chicago, Chicago done. Vancouver done. Edmonton made the playoffs last year. Done. God, dude, I would. Oh, so many people took Edmonton to win the cup this year. I was I one of them. Did they, you really? I did. Yeah, I thought they had it figured out, dude. I was like, they got a couple pieces, you know. But talk about just it's it was it. The problem this year it's it's Connor McDavid or nothing. That that's not a good strategy. That's not you cannot. Not, put they're not even your, close to the playoffs. Sixty nine. No, Sixty nine points. And the very last playoff spot, which is the, is the Kings, is eighty seven. Almost twenty points higher. Eesh. That's bad. That's bad. That's very bad. That's like, dude. There, talk about an organization that just can never really figure it out. Last year, you think they like, okay, finally they're turning the corner, but the Edmonton Oilers do just always just find a way to shoot themselves in the foot, man. These next few weeks in sports is like the prime time for sports. Dude, oh, it's the NBA best. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, the start of baseball, ending of college basketball. The NFL draft is right around the corner. This is like prime time for sports, and I love it. I love it, too. Oh, I can't wait to talk next week, dude. We are, we're going to talk baseball. We're going to talk yep. the regular season, baseball kicking off. We'll talk the end. We'll probably talk about the final four coming up. Final four, recheck in on the NBA and NHL playoffs. Oh, I'm I'm already I'm so excited. Sports fans, if you're lucky, we might have two episodes for you next week. Keep we an might. Eye out. I'm not making any promises, but we might. Might pump out a baseball only show. Ooh, that's not a bad idea. Should we Should we put it in stone right now? Uh, I'm looking at my schedule. Yeah, we should probably do that. Thursday. Probably do baseball. We'll pump out a baseball-only show on Thursday and then do a, another one later in the week, maybe on Friday or Saturday. You heard it, sports fans. Look for that baseball opening day exclusive episode coming next week. But until then, follow us on Twitter, ITWHpod. I'm at JoeHill587. Uh, I'm at Eric. No, I'm not at Eric. I'm underscore Roberts11. My brain's starting to shut down, dude. It's cold. It's kicking my ass right now. You need to go now. take some NyQuil and go to bed, I do. Dude. I need to. I've, there's been some coughs. Hopefully you don't hear them. But yeah, underscore Roberts11. Until next week, guys. Peace out. S- see you guys later and skew.